If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. Now, today, I want to talk to you about the heart of true Christianity, what it is and what it isn't. I want you to see it. I want you to be able to recognize it, what it is and what it isn't. This will help you and me know who has it, the real heart of true Christianity, and who doesn't have it. It will help you and me to know who to follow, who to emulate, and who to avoid. So the question that arises here is this. Are there people, so-called ministers of the gospel, that we should avoid? Are there people who look like ministers of Christ, but who are actually dangerous to the flock? Now, is this just paranoia on my part? Am I being too judgmental? You know, it's easier just to say everybody is okay. It's easier to say everybody who calls himself or herself a minister of Christ is fine. But is that what the Bible teaches? Let me read to you what Paul said. In Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 25, it is his final instructions to the men he had taught. And here's what the Bible says. Indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now 
brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or fine apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Today, what shocks me is how different this message is from some of the present day TV ministers. Paul said, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or fine apparel. God bless Paul for setting this as the standard to which all true believers and ministers of the gospel must conform. Paul said, yes, you yourselves know that my own hands have worked for my necessities and for those that were with me. In other words, Paul had a day job. Paul said, I've shown you all things, how so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Not only did Paul have a day job, he also taught the ministers he had led that they should have a day job too. Paul knew and Paul lived what Jesus required of ministers to live a life that shows it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul warned about wolves, so-called ministers who were greedy for money. Do we have that problem in the ministry today? Do we see some so-called ministers of the gospel who today live in mansions and fly around in private jets and live like kings and queens over God's people? Do we see that today? People who lavish money on themselves and their lifestyles? I'm not against nice houses, nice cars, nice boats, nice vacations. I just think people should earn those things at a regular job. Call me crazy, but I don't think you should go into the ministry if you want to live like a tax-free multimillionaire from the donations people give you for the work of God. Call me crazy, but I don't think you ought to ask for donations in the name of Christ and then live in a $10 million seaside mansion like reportedly Benny Hinn does. I don't think you should ask for tax-deductible donations and then pay yourself 400000 or $500,000 a year like reportedly Paul and Jen Crouch do. Call me crazy, but I don't think you should ask for donations in the name of Christ and then buy a $20,000 toilet like reportedly Joyce Myers did. Call me crazy, but I don't think you should maintain a fleet of private planes like reportedly Kenneth Copeland does, all the while handing out tax-deductible receipts and not paying any taxes on these things because you claim they're part of your ministry. This is not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't ask for donations, and Jesus didn't build for himself a life of luxury and a kingdom on this earth. In fact, Jesus told Pilate, 
My kingdom is not of this world. Now, perhaps we should ask, should, it, should we care about any of this? After all, these people whom I just mentioned seemingly do a lot of good. I watch TBN, which is the brainchild of Paul and Jan Crouch. Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers have preached to millions. I see that. I recognize that. But here's the problem. The unsaved world notices that these ministers of the gospel ask for donations in the name of Jesus and then live like multimillionaires. They pay no taxes like you and I did on these luxuries, claiming these extravagant purchases are necessary for their ministry. They pay no taxes even though the Bible says to pay taxes whom taxes are due. And even though Jesus instructed that we should give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. The world, the unsaved world, sees all this. The constant appeal for donations, the extravagant, luxurious lifestyle, the tax-dodging loopholes, they see this and they hate it. The unsaved world sees this and they despise it. And they reject the gospel because of it. The unsaved world thinks these people are in it for the money. And as a result, the unsaved world wants nothing to do with Christianity. Now, I know I may be upsetting some of you if you have benefited from and believe in the ministries I've mentioned. I've gotten a lot from these people too. But in the end, God will weigh the ministries of these people and all people. He will weigh the good such people did through spreading the message, and he will weigh the damage they did by living tax-free kings and queens on the donations they collect. The damage they did by looking like greedy hypocrites. The Bible says, avoid even the appearance of evil. This such people have failed to do. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible lays out the qualifications for a minister of the gospel. In verse 3, it says a minister must not be greedy. He must not be covetous for things. In verse 7, it says such a person must have a good reputation with those outside the church. In other words, the Bible says that a minister of the gospel must not look like to the unsaved world he's in it for the money. As we mentioned, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. That's the beauty of the true gospel. Our king was born poor. In fact, he was born outside and his mom placed him in a manger, which is a feeding trough for cattle, even though he was the son of God. Imagine that. He wasn't born in a mansion like the one reportedly Benny Hinn lives in, or the one reportedly Paul Crouch lives in, or the mansion Joyce Myers reportedly lives in. And he wasn't born wearing a crown. One day, later in his life, he did wear a crown, but it was a crown of thorns. Here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. Let me turn in my Bible to that. Regarding our Lord. Verse 12, Pilate answered and said to them again, what then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? 
So they cried out again, Crucify him! Then Pilate asked them, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into a hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing at the knee, they pretended to worship him. And then they had, when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to be crucified. Jesus, the Son of God, was worthy of a crown of gold, but instead he chose a crown of thorns for our sake. How different Jesus was from these multimillionaire ministers of today. He chose to accept a crown of thorns. He was worthy of a throne, but he chose to accept a cross for our sakes. Thorns and a cross. Jesus is the standard by which all present-day ministers and preachers must be judged. He is the Lord. He is the King. We are merely his servants. Jesus taught over and over that Christian leaders must be the servants of those they teach. In Mark chapter 9, verse 35, the disciples were arguing who would be the greatest among themselves. To that, Jesus said, If a man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Is that what these people look like when they step into their private jets and fly home to their mansions stuffed with extravagant luxuries? Here's what Jesus said in John 15, verse 20. The servant is not greater than his Lord. In Matthew 10, 24 and 25, Jesus said, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple to be as his master and the servant to be as his Lord. That's what Paul did. He was living as his Lord. I'm going to read you again what we read earlier in Acts chapter 20, verses 33 through 35, where Paul says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or fine apparel. Yes, you yourself knows that these hands of mine have provided for my necessities and those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ who said it is more blessed to give than receive. Let me say again, I'm not against fine houses and nice cars. If you work for them and earn them with God's gracious help. But I think you should not buy multi-million dollar mansions and private jets for yourself with the small sacrificial donations given by sincere people who want the money to go for God's work. You know, this is so important because we need to live as Jesus said to live. Jesus said, 
in Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That is a key teaching from the Bible that we must apply to ourselves and to the people we listen to. I hope you're enjoying today's edition of Real Christianity with your host, attorney Mosley Collins. You can get a free copy of today's message on CD or any of Mosley's other messages by calling our office at 916-444-4444. Now let's get back to today's message. Thank you, darling. We've been talking about the true heart of real Christianity. And I'd like to, you can, to consider Mary for a moment. And let me read to you about Mary. Mary was a poor teenage virgin who became pregnant with Jesus, the Son of God, by the Holy Spirit. God chose the weak, the poor, the simple, the humble to be Jesus's mother. And here's what Mary said in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. Mary said, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted and lifted up the humble. My dear listeners, if we have a nice home or desire a nice home, I pray we earn it honestly as God gives us the ability to work. And I pray we receive it humbly and acknowledge it is the gift from God. I've thanked God many times for the home in which I live. And I have told God, this is your house, not mine. You own it, not me. But in your great kindness, you allow me and my family to live here for a while. In Psalms 51, verse 17, we read, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do you want to walk with God, live with God in your life every day? Yes, I know I do. Then here's what the Bible says to you and to me in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and lofty God says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly 
and to revive the heart of the contrite. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2, God says, This is the person I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in heart and trembles at my word. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now here's the irony of the Bible. The humble will be raised up, but the proud will be brought low. Those who are thankful to God will be blessed with more, but the unthankful and the proud and those who think they did it themselves will lose whatever they have. He who seeks to save his life without Christ in this world will lose it, but he who loses his life for Christ's sake will find it in eternity. Amassing a tax-free fortune and living like a multimillionaire off donations of others may seem right, but it's the way of death. We must follow Jesus' example. He humbled himself in this life. He wore a crown of thorns, and because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Jesus is our example. That's how we have to live humbly before our God. And I pray we all do in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Real Christianity. This program is sponsored by the Personal Injury Law Offices of Attorney Mosley Collins. If you or a loved one have been badly injured, you need wise legal counsel. Attorney Mosley Collins has been helping injured people for over 28 years. He knows how to win your case. You can reach Attorney Mosley Collins and his legal staff by calling our office at 916-444-4444. There is never a charge until he wins your case. So just remember, dial all fours for legal help. Now here's a final word from Mosley. Thank you, Lisa. I don't want to end today's program without asking you, my listener, a very important question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you call yourself a Christian. I'm asking you, do you have a daily personal relationship with Jesus? Have you ever prayed to receive Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, or if you're not sure, call me at my office and I will take the time to pray with you and I will send you a free Bible. If you have any doubt concerning this, I hope you will call me and we will pray together for you to receive Christ and the gift of eternal life. Thank you for listening. From all of us here at Real Christianity, we pray that God will bless you and keep you and that you will live in the love of Jesus.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 